Trust is everything when it comes to maintaining a solid financial foundation for your community. People need to be able to believe what they hear about a local government's finances. They need to believe that local leaders have the community's best interest at heart. If people are to contribute resources to the local government, they need to trust those resources will be transformed into something of value. Trust in public finance starts with trust in the finance office. To learn more about how finance officers can enhance their trustworthiness, GFOA surveyed the members of two large state and provincial GFOA associations. We asked these members to identify other finance officers in the state or province that they thought were particularly trustworthy. We then conducted face-to-face -face interviews with the finance officers that received the most nominations. From there, we sought to learn the behaviors they engaged in that helped them to build trust with others. Finally, we organized our findings into the five elements of trustworthiness suggested by GFOA's Code of Ethics. Our Code of Ethics is focused on enhancing the trustworthiness of the local government finance office. The first of these five elements is integrity and honesty. In this segment, we will focus on what we learned about integrity and honesty. Given that you have decided to listen to a podcast about how to build trust, you probably are honest. However, most people probably aren't willing to assume that is so. In fact, only one-third of Americans today think most people can be trusted, compared to two-thirds in the 1970s. The implication is that we will have to prove that we are honest to most people, and how we go about proving it matters. Psychological research shows that when we judge an extended experience with something or someone, we actually ignore most of the experience and base our judgment on a few peak moments, such as the high and low points or the beginnings or endings. In other words, a finance office that quietly goes about its work and keeps a low profile will probably not be seen as dishonest, but it will probably not be seen as particularly honest or trustworthy either. Hence, what we learned from our interviews is that these highly trusted finance officers were involved in high-profile and memorable events, which they handled in a way that bolstered their reputations. The first story comes from a GFOA member named Michelle. Michelle was a finance director who had established a reputation by taking a zero-tolerance policy towards unethical behavior. For instance, the director of another department had a car allowance, but also was charging gas to the local government's purchasing card. Michelle challenged this behavior, and the director of the other department was ultimately terminated for it. In another example, a secretary in the finance office and Michelle had become personal friends. The secretary was later caught stealing office supplies and was fired by the finance director. In both of these cases, Michelle had a reason to look the other way or at least take a more compromising approach by avoiding conflict with another department head or protecting a friend. However, being uncompromising about doing the right thing in tough circumstances can make a big impression on others. Making an impression doesn't necessarily have to involve heroically taking on corruption. Our interviews revealed a number of cases where owning up to a mistake increased trust. For example, one interviewee recalled his time as a middle manager who oversaw utility billing. He was responsible for implementing a rate increase, but due to an oversight that he was partially to blame for, a large segment of customers did not get charged the correct rate for about a year. He brought it to the chief executive's attention immediately, who then worked with the elected governing board to find a solution. 
At another local government, the checking account ran short of cash one day. The finance director could have blamed his subordinate for erring on the day's transfer of money to the checking account, but instead took the blame himself. Both of these experiences proved to the chief executive that the finance officer was willing to hold himself accountable for his work and the work of his department. Another experience that all finance officers have had or will someday is delivering bad news. How it is delivered makes an impression. The participants in our interviews emphasize three strategies. First, be prompt. When you have useful information, share it. This will give your audience more time to act on it. Also, being the first to share news means you don't have to counteract a conflicting narrative your audience may have already heard. That said, if the information you have is speculative or otherwise questionable, it may be better to wait until you can solidify your information. Otherwise, you may later have to counteract the misinformation you yourself spread. Second, be straightforward. Don't sugarcoat bad news to lessen the impact. There will be fallout later when the situation proves worse than your audience was led to believe. Also, don't go the route of doom and gloom. The audience may feel manipulated into overreacting to the situation. Lastly, provide solutions. Our interview participants emphasize that finance officers should not drop problems in the lap of chief executives or elected boards. Instead, present a few good options on how they might respond to the bad news. David and Angela also illustrated how they applied these three strategies in different situations. David was the CFO of a mid-sized city when he uncovered fraud occurring at the front counter of the finance office. Though the situation was very stressful, David was pleased with how he handled the situation and believes it ultimately contributed to his trustworthiness. David was worried that the discovery of fraud would reflect poorly on his management and felt tempted to downplay the incident. David resisted this temptation and promptly reported his initial findings to the CEO and the police department. At the time David reported his findings, the verified theft totaled less than $5,000. David was straightforward and did not sugarcoat the situation by suggesting that the damage was limited. Instead, he made it clear the investigation was still ongoing and more fraudulent activity could still be discovered. He was glad he did because the investigation later uncovered the fraud scheme amounted to $46,000. David actually provided solutions by insisting the police department and district attorney's office with all aspects of the investigation. David also worked to optimize internal controls and implemented an annual fraud risk assessment to prevent future fraudulent activity. Additionally, he has publicly spoken about this experience to peers at professional conferences to provide learning opportunities. Angela became a new CFO at the start of the Great Recession. She believes the way in which she handled the economic downturn's pressure on services and operations greatly increased the trust people were willing to place in her. Angela showed promptness by giving regular and timely financial updates. She also produced long-term forecasts to provide decision-makers with insight into future financial conditions. Angela avoided sugarcoating and using doom and gloom language. Instead, she provided details on long-term trends in the revenues, which revenues were decreasing the most and why. By being straightforward, she helped people to better appreciate the need for tough decisions to balance the budget.
Lastly, Angela helped develop a plan for a complete wage freeze that allowed the local government to avoid layoffs. She also helped develop and implement a new budget method to help the elected board prioritize which services were most important to preserve throughout the downturn. The stories of David, Michelle, and Angela highlight the real situations that finance officers can face. The strategies they employed to maintain integrity were crucial in being proper stewards of public finances. Remember that the actions that we as finance officers take, particularly in high-profile instances, can impact how others perceive our integrity and honesty. In our next segment, we examine how standing by values systems can guide actions of public finance officers. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about GFOA's Financial Foundations for Thriving Communities program and how you and your local government can improve your own financial foundation, visit gfoa.org slash financial foundations.